Hello and welcome back to another episode of Triple Hop Session Series. My name's Charlie. You can find me on Instagram at charliealing1 and at craftcangang. And I'm Ryan. You can find me on Instagram with the Beardy Beer Block. So we are back with another guest episode. And actually, this is a two-part episode. So first, we're going to be talking to our esteemed guest about their meandering journey through craft beer. And then we're just going to recap some of our favourite beers of November. Normally at this point, I would try and do a little bit of bump about the guest, but I'm just going to invite this particular guest to introduce themselves because there may be some of you in the audience that are familiar. Right. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil. I'm the, uh, the low-end beery. Um, you know, I've, I've been listening to these session series. I love them. And I've got to say, Charlie, um, I know what you said when uh, Ryan was interviewing you about some. Uh, being driven around in your own car <laughs> i mean i'm living the dream yeah, so, yeah it's great to be back and thanks for having me on thanks no, for having me. It's gonna be good and these questions damn they're hard they are <laughs> really really hard and i know that everyone says it you guys have both said it as well but they yeah. are really really difficult so if i go on everyone i'm sorry but yeah so back to you. we're all here for it yeah we're, we're all here for it, it. <laughs> All right. So, on that note, shall we kick off into the questions? Yeah, I can tell that you're you're eager to answer. Go on. Then. Nice. All right. I'll go first. What was the first beer that you remember having, and what was the first craft beer? Right. Okay. So, in terms of beer, my dad didn't drink a hell of a lot of beer, but my two granddads did, and um, my granddad from my dad's side loved Double Diamond, and I remember. In the in the eighties, you know, he, he'd always drink it. He'd always have um, packs of it in, and he'd bring it round to our house as well when they came round. And it, it was actually a pale ale. And wow. so the first, and in fact, I think it was the most popular beer in the UK in the seventies, for example. So d- double diamond. I remember the advert for it that it worked wonders. Not sure if it would hold up in today's standards, but um, yeah, it was hugely popular. It was like three point something percent, I think. But to start with, I'd have it as a shandy, and um, that's okay. what I first remember. And I think the thing is, you know, as you go through these things, everybody talks about the beer that they either had with their dad and with their with their grandparents. So, so that so that was mine, and um, you know, sort of fond memories. Um, you know, my granddad. You know, he, he would always be uh, drinking whatever was on, was on tap in a pub or whatever, but Double Diamond was a favourite of his. Does that still exist? It does exist, but not in the way that it used to. Okay. I think you can get it in certain, you know, on tap in certain places. I think it's... Uh-huh. Um, Oh, I can't remember who um, who who would produce it now, but um, but yeah, it's gone from being widely available to now really rather niche, I think. Mm. So yeah, double diamond, but would once the most popular beer in the nineteen seventies. And you know, as soon as I don't have to read questions off my screen, I'm definitely looking it up and on tap, see how it translates <laughs> into the twenty twenty two beer sphere. I've actually just looked, and I, yeah. you know what actually makes it now. Go on. Carlsberg. Oh. <laughs> it, was oh. it was originally brewed by Samuel Alsop and Sons, and Carlsberg took it over. Wow. Uh, How the mighty yeah. fall. But 
So, Neil, what was the first craft beer then? Right. So I'll take you on a bit of a journey here, right? So that, I've just done the done the 1980s in the, fir- in the first beer. So in the 90s, when I was at university, we everyone bought Loaded at the time. I know, you know you guys might be a bit young for Loaded magazine, but Loaded magazine was a thing, a yeah. big thing. And one of the things that they used to have was the World Cup of something, right? And I love the idea of the World Cup or something, like the Crisp World Cup. What the, you know, they put all these different brands and flavours in mm-hmm. and play them off against each other, get to the final and do a winner. So on a monthly basis, what we used to do in the 90s was the four of us in our house share, we would go out and buy four packs of four different beers and we play 16 off in a World Cup and then each vote them down to the winner. Now, I would often go, because I quite I live quite close to Chelsea, um, and at the top of the King's Road was this old bins, and next to it was another off-license, and they got in stuff that, you know, you you, uh, you, you, you would find quite difficult to get. I mean, they were all armed. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that what I've got really fond memories of is on a Friday and or a Saturday night doing these World Cup of beers and, and playing things down to the final. And one of those beers I'll talk about later on in another one of the questions. But anyway, where I'm going with this convoluted, lengthy story is I then joined a US company and I would go to the US on a regular basis with work. And um, one of the cities I'd go to would be Philadelphia. And I started um, going to different bars where they'd have like youngling things like that. Yeah, yeah. And coming back from one of those one of those one of those visits, I um, I happened upon Bison Beer, which just opened in Brighton at the time. I think it's about this was like 2015, 2016. Okay. I tried to get the specific dates and etc., mm-hmm. but I couldn't. And um, what we did was. I went and bought a shed load and we reenacted the Beer World Cup wow. that we used to do back in the loaded days. Yeah. And I bought all these um all these cans. And that was, you know, that was the first sort of craft beer experience of, of UK beer. Um, and if you want to know what won, a brew by numbers beer. And I've been trying to search for, for the results of this, but a brew by numbers beer beat a kernel beer in the final wow and so they, it's battle of bermondsey that is they swept aside all competition and um yeah they they were they were they headed it off in the final and brew by numbers just picked it i think um on on a it was close it was close it wasn't one to zero that's for sure so so there you go that's that's my sort of first craft beer experience that i can think of brew I mean, by my my takeaway from your beer world cup there is that you effectively started a private version of triple hopped in the 90s well i've i've got to say and I, and i talked about this with simon which is i've always loved the concept of putting loads of beers together and drinking them and choosing the winner yeah now this was more in a, and and I, and I seriously guys i would love to do it which is you've got to have enough of the same the same mm. beers to play it so you can have it for each round so you can then taste it again and again and again and try yeah. and play the palette. 
Well, they do, it malt, be... they do it on malt couture. There's no yeah. reason we couldn't do it. No, there's no reason why we couldn't do it. I mean, it's quite an expensive night, as you can yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a great thing to do. And I was thinking with stats, it's quite good because the bottles are big. Mm. So you've always got some left over. So you could effectively do that. If you get a big share together, if you can get 16 bottles in, you could world cut that down to a winner. I think we should put this to the listener. Um, yeah. If you want to hear an episode where we do that, drop us a comment. And we'll make it happen this year. From hell or high water. Neil just changed the uh, beer share game completely. Now, yeah, yeah, Instead yeah, of just yeah. going on one beer at a time, it's like, do we just open the lot and like put them into a playoff tournament? Absolutely. The playoff tournament, mate, is the way to go, I swear. I've wanted to do it at a beer share at a, um, at a festival as well, but it's really, it, it, it's a tough thing to do. Especially when yeah. you've only got one glass. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be interesting. It's just like handfuls yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You've only got one glass at the beginning, but every craft beer aficionado always leaves with about eight glasses from the Yeah, it's mad. No, I don't know what the they hell am it. I doing with eight? Yeah. For no reason, like, you've got the glass cabinet just full of friends yeah. and family glasses that never, yeah. ever come back out. What's I'm mad still, is that I'm everyone loaded. leaves with one glass, at least, but the proper dorks leave with eight. And I'm like, where have these extras come from? Because everyone gets <laughs> one on the way in. Yeah. I've got so many of those friends, family, and beer glasses still. And the thing is, they're indestructible, even though they're stemmed. You, yeah. you, they can't be broken. I swear they've oh, got man. some sort of special matter in them. Yeah, made of mithril. <laughs> <laughs> Sound. They're great. That's like a really, really good like concept and like just create the next episode for us. Yeah. So that, yeah. it's, it's just got to be done, I swear. Yeah. Go on to the second one, anyway, Neil. So... Yeah. I think this is one of the hardest ones. Uh, and this is the one that I think I like to... We're going to start enjoying the answer to this one. So what yeah. beer do you love, but other people hate? Yeah, now this this one is one of the hardest ones for sure. Because, you know, as with everything like Marmite, no one's going to hate everything. So mm. I, I think it's like, what, what is derided? Now, I've got to say that, you know, turning it back on um, on one of your previous episodes... Brew IPAs is something that I do definitely not love. <laughs> don't oh. want to come back, man. I just don't like dry, that champagne-like um, sort of quality, quality in inverted commas to it. Not a fan. Not a fan. But, again, what beer do you love but other people hate? Now, I don't like particularly adjuncts in IPAs and I know that's a subject that's come up here as well and a few I'm, times and, and I've got one for an answer for another question as well but something that I do respect and always enjoy is double extra vanilla milkshake from Tired Hands um, with a bit of sprinkling from Omnipolo it's never too sweet um, I, I think the, the balance of vanilla in it is really good. A lot of people will go, it's a freaking milkshake IPA. I don't yeah. want it. But I think that when they're done well, and that is probably the best one of its type that I can think of, then you know what? You should give it a go. But many people will just go, ah, I'm not going anywhere near it. So that's that's one I think that most people would avoid. But yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's really good. Have you guys had any of those milkshakes? 
Yeah, I think that was the first tight ends that I had. And I think it came from you. I think that you got me a milkshake IPA from tight ends back when we first kind of became friends on Instagram. You were like, yeah. oh, one of these. And I was like, oh, it's a milkshake IPA. And then I had it and I'm like, oh, actually, that's really, really good though. Yeah. I've yeah. just realised. So they've recently bought that out again. That double yes, extra vanilla. I, I managed to get it very recently and it was still great. I have one. Have one you? arrived this week for me because I was like, the amount you've... I'm not going to say hyped it, but the amount of love you espoused for it, I was like, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to be open-minded. Yeah. So I have one. I'm taking it to a share on Christmas Eve. The, 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 the tentative name for the share is Play Silly Games, Win Silly Prizes, a.k.a. Silly Beers Only. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. I'll let you know. Report. Yeah, back. let me know what you think. I mean, it'll either be you'll, you'll enjoy it and surprise yourself, or it will exactly fit the answer to this question. So, I think vanilla, I can get on board with an IPA. I had a monkish vanilla IPA recently. It was that vanilla foggier. Yeah. That was delicious. It I really well, was. In my opinion, the tired hands is far superior. To wow. Because okay. it's not, that to me is a bit too sweet and a bit, you know, it's like very creamy and it plays it that way. This is, this is different. So yeah. It's, it's also a different experience having a whole can of it to sharing it because I shared that monkish one. So, you know, it's only Ooh. half a can. You, it doesn't really have that much of an opportunity to get cloying. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from there. And, and a lot, and that, that's a very good point, actually, when it comes down to another beer, and we'll talk about it later. Having a quarter of a can, you can stomach with some of these things. Having a whole can, it's yeah. like, nah. What have you heard of that? You know the the Pepsi challenge. Do you ever hear about this? The Pepsi versus Coke. So well, I know, I know versus... the Pepsi challenge from the eighties, mate. I'm older than you guys. Wow. So Yes, I know it well. And I, I I recently watched a documentary on it as well. It's very interesting. It may not be called the Pepsi challenge then, but effectively they did blind tasting between Coke and Pepsi. No, that, that's the Pepsi challenge, and that's it. Yeah. Where they gave people tiny measures, and Pepsi came out top every time in a blind tasting. Yeah. But then when you get into volume, it was because people really enjoyed the intense sweetness of the small amount of it. But it was too much when it got into 500 mils. So, mm. yeah, it's. And it'd be cooked on the top the other way around. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd tell you what, though, I'd put Pepsi Max over anything still. <laughs> Specifically the cherry one for me. That is right. manna from heaven. <laughs> yeah. We're going to move you on to the next question, Neil. We'll get you, we'll get you on a Coke World Cup. Oh, yeah. Sorry, a Cola World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on then. What, what no. have we got next? Right. What is a beer that you once loved, but now you realise it's terrible? Right. Okay. So I've, I've got a, a, a few to just talk about here very quickly. So coming back to um, the 90s and the, uh, and the Beer World Cup, Something that always placed highly, like really highly. It would either win or it would often be, you know, semi-finalist at mm -hmm. least, was Mickey's Big Mouth, right? Now, this was a small, almost grenade-shaped green bottle with a fantastic sort of ring pull that peeled off on a, on a large mouth um, lager bottle. It's called, like... Uh, fine malt lager or something if I remember rightly now recently I've been going to um, New Jersey 
on business. And um, I found a place that had Mickey's. And my God, it was multi as hell. And it was absolutely freaking awful. Now, the thing is, you know, back in the 90s, you know, everyone knows that might follow me that I'm a bit of a hip hop kid, even even now in my advanced Mm. years. And, you know, that if you listen to the first House of Pain album, it's got references to Mickey's all over it. Right. Many people might, if they listen to it now, go that weren't around then go, what the fuck is this Mickey's thing? Anyway, Mm. Mickey's Big Mag, that was the lager, and it was multi as hell, recently had, disgraceful, put it this way. (laughs) It ain't getting in top four on any beer, on any lager or pills in the World Cup anytime soon. So that wow. wasn't good. I'd also say that when I lived in Putney, there was a um, there was a Belgian bar, and I used to love a bit of Ho Garden. Disgraceful, absolutely yeah. disgraceful. You give me that now or Blue Moon, I'm like, God damn, that's bad. I'm not having that either. And I think you've had you had that, Charlie. Think, yeah, Hogarden's my answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was awful. And, but I think maybe the top of the list was in those early days of craft beer when I was into it. Ballast Point, um, Ballast Ooh. Point from the west coast of the US. Sculpin. I, yeah, and yeah. the Sculpin series is what I've got written here. But specifically, there was a grapefruit version right. that I. It's loved. got koi carp on it, hasn't it? Yes. And yeah, I another one. And I'm telling you now, I had a can of that recently. And I swear to God, it might be worse than Elvis juice or <laughs> high water from Magic Rock. It, it was that freaking bad. That got two, that was two sips and to the side. Now I know they're now owned by AB and Bever. Maybe, you know, maybe the recipe's changed. But probably my taste has shifted tremendously, and that is probably the one that uh, is the answer here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone that's had Ballast Point then and now, I imagine, will agree. It was one of those beers that, like, when I first started getting into craft beer and became aware of beer from America, you'd be like, "Oh, Ballast Point!" Back when you yeah. know West West Coast was the best coast. Yes, and then it started popping up in Weatherspoons along with stuff like. Flying dog, I think. Yeah, flying oh, dog. Yes. And I was like, nah, I'm not really sure about this. Yeah. I remember them yeah. popping. Yeah, the, the flying dog series was like quite popular, wasn't it? And it was kind of like the it new really type was. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if I saw one now, I'd pick it up for science. But yeah, my expectations that's... would be tempered to say the least. Mm. It's things like founders all day IPA. You know, yes. like oh, that, I used to drink like, crates of that. Yeah. I mean, I loved it because that was the sort of thing that, you know, when I was out in Philly, you'd be able to pick that up easy. And, yeah. you know, at the time it was like, oh, that's great. But, you know, things move on. But I was still, I've still got a real love, and I know you guys have talked about it. I've got a real love for, uh, you know, the classics, the Sierra Nevada. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's, that's still, you know, they're great. Yeah, I mean that was just the perfect one, isn't it? Like we spoke about yes. a lot of times. That you can just walk in, mm-hmm. you walk into a supermarket and it's there. It's like I still do it now. I like to have a couple of cans in the fridge all the time yeah. at home. It's just a mm. great beer to just. It's so it's, good, so it's good. good. The same thing goes, you know, that Marks and Spencer's when the tornado. It's just a shame that I don't think they do it anymore. 
Yeah, I, yeah, they used to have an MS food hall when I lived in Reading. Yeah, you yeah. used to go in and buy bottles of torpedo. I think you yeah. get like you know, like three for seven quid or something. Mad. Yeah, but yeah, no, insane. No, it's gone. So we'll go on to the next question, Neil. I'll let you, in the, I'll let you finish your mouthful of beer that you're drinking. No, anyway. thanks, Wim. Hey, we've got you. We've got you. What <laughs> you it, by the way. Okay, so what, what have I got? You? I've got I've got five and there's Jasper. Gosh, you have. Is it yeah? I, I was hoping to uh, to be drinking what I'm about to answer. If you're asking me the question <laughs> in the order that I think you are, um, but um, but yeah, I've got Jasper. It's a uh, it's a double. It's from Fidens, and it's all Citra. And um, you know, we always love a bit of Citra on this show, right? Yeah, it's always good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So let's go to question five, Neil. So. What is the beer that means the most here, but not because of the beer itself, but because of circumstances? Right. Okay. So, look, there, there, there can only be one for this, and it's Verdant Putty. Oh, wow. And, it, and, and the reason why it's Verdant Putty is, A, I freaking love it. Yeah. But B, it is, you know, and, and I've talked about this a few times, so I'm sorry if uh, you have to hear it all again, guys, but... You know, it's my first other half Q story. So, you know, back, I think it was like 2018, um, other half um, birthday release. And I just happened to be in the US on business. So I extended my stay an extra day. I didn't put it on expenses, by the way, guys. I paid <laughs> myself for the extra day and the night. Um, and I, um, I got up at like some early hour but nowhere near early enough because i didn't get a full allocation wristband and the queue snaked round and round and round and round and round but what i loved about it was in the queue people just with piles of cans on the sidewalk um for trade and i had a four pack of um of putty one with which I was going to share with Carl, who you know from the show. Uh-huh. And, um, and um, the other ones I traded in the queue. And the great story was that the US guys, three guys sort of arguing amongst themselves who could trade their Trillium, Hudson Valley, whatever it was, for my putty, because they all wanted it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and, and what I loved was the fact that these, these US guys were, you know, they, they were not just familiar with it, they were familiar with how good it was. And um, it was like, damn, I wanted that. But, you know, I, I got to choose what I, what I swapped for it, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, that, I've such happy memories. And then getting into the tap room to get the uh, to get the cans and um, and sharing that out, and it's just a just a great beer. And I think that that one was one of the the finest iterations of it as well, and also one of the best labels for it too. Because you know I love the package anyway. Mm. It's, it, it's it's a great beer, and it's one of those that I look forward to every single year but that was happy memories and and you know obviously that day um special to me because after that i was then a guest on hot talk coming back to tired hands we did the uh, the tired hands hot yeah. talk show 
And that sort of got me a bit of confidence into, you know what, I want to do something like this back in the UK. And then we launched this show. So I don't think without that day, um, maybe we would be doing this now, you know, yeah. so it's, so it's important. So it's important. And, but Verdant Putty is the one that reminds me of that day more than any bit. So it's really important to me. It's good. It's a good story, man. Like, they say if that hadn't been for that moment, we wouldn't be doing this now. I mean, Charlie no. wouldn't be doing it. We put Charlie probably wouldn't have is met. It, we wouldn't have met you no, like at other festivals. No. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. crazy. It's like it's like the old uh, the butterfly, the butterfly effect. effect. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, you know, I, I did that cue. We did a share where we were drinking like Great Notion stouts and you know other half stouts and stuff at like uh, very early morning. Then went and recorded Hot Talk and drunk more. And I remember walking the Brooklyn Bridge, sort of slightly zigzagging, shit-faced, and looking at my watch, and it was 10.50 a.m. <laughs> it's a oh. bad sign. <laughs> there we go. So a lot, a, a lot was covered in a morning there, but it was, uh, it was really good. Great day. Yeah. I mean, much to the dismay of Ryan, what you've kind of articulated there is that Triple Hop exists because of putty <laughs> well, look, that, that, that day would have happened anyway yeah, yeah, without yeah. putty but putty because of the the trading which is something that i've never seen you know i've never seen people just like stacking up cans on the sidewalk and um and negotiating trades it was is fantastic, and you know now the other half has gotten massive. There there isn't that sort of line culture so much anymore, and it you know the lines at Garrett and whatever else you know they were naming naming cans about it, but you know that no one else, to the best of my knowledge, had the queue culture that much. You know, I remember stories about Hudson Valley and stuff like that, but the other half thing was was massive on the on the uh on the lines and the trading yeah i think the, the us has always been better on line culture hasn't it yeah than here yeah but it's not because in the uk we don't need it because we're all lazy and we have a big network where we just buy stuff online i mean we don't have the thing like <sighs> yeah that's I suppose it is. in the states it's like you're not going to be buying a beer from New York to ship to California, a lot of the times they're not going to do it. So it relies on people to go up. Like a lot of people have to go to these bros and queue up to get like yeah. muling. But in the UK, we wouldn't have a line culture because we don't really need it because people just buy everything online. I mean, the only lines I think I kind of think about the most popular ones are the ones from like at the friends and family events where. Yeah, for, for US beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They bring the beer over and the line culture. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is so true. But I mean, the thing. You know, the thing is that people travel in the US. They always they always have done as well. So people would, would come in from miles around to join the kid because people are used to it. You know, people would travel in for two, two and a half, three hours for to join a line because that's what the US do. If if I was, you know, if you'd have said to me, oh, Cloudwater have got a release that's just available up in Manchester, would I travel three hours to drive up there on a Saturday morning? No, because it, we just don't have that sort mm. of drive everywhere sort of culture. And as Ryan no. says, you know, there's always a different way of getting it. And I think the US at that point in time is what well, you couldn't post beer either. 
No, I no. think that it's another thing. You know, I know they'd be all put put the sweeters in the box and shake it so the sweets would uh, snow would globes and olive oil. <laughs> yeah, but there was always a risk of it never turning up as mm. well. I think, like as well, COVID changed the culture in America a lot, didn't it? With the beer world, I think COVID kicking in destroyed all that culture of like the beer queues because then they started like you used to see it on Instagram. They're like, we now ship to these states, whereas like before, they just did. They didn't even ship beer. A lot of them just did like, the wine culture thing, and were like, if we can't, because you would, why would you waste time shipping when someone would queue up and then let them buy it and then let them ship yeah. it? But when COVID hit, everyone had to evolve. I mean, Treehouse still don't. You, you, yeah. are, you are spot on. You really are. I think that's a, that's a really fine observation. It did change everything. And even things like Monkish, which you couldn't get for love nor money before unless you were living on the doorstep, suddenly became available to all of Cali. And because it became available to all of Cali, it became available to many more people here because then you could ship it within Cali and then you could get it over here. So it became you know, far more accessible, didn't it? Yeah. Nice. So the next question, Neil. Yes. What is objectively the greatest beer ever? So, you know, I've got to come back to the, um, you know, anything that's all citra to start with. I would say that you've got to go some, you've got to, look, I I love the haze, right? I love the haze. As much as Mm. I love the stouts, right? Haze is like my favourite style. So it's got to be. And Citra is hard to mess with on a single hop. So to start with, I've got to go with um, I've got to go with double dry hop, ghost in the machine, right? I mean, it's just absolute quality. I think that another one that I love, and I get as many iterations of it as I can, is monkish um, foggy window because uh, that's yeah. Citra and Nelson and. You know, I'm a bit of a sucker for the can art. I love like the 18 van and the 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 pacer and the and the VW Herbie or whatever else that they do with that with that can. And it keeps it it keeps it fresh and a little bit different. In a world where I can often be a bit reluctant to to buy the same beer over and over again, that keeps it fresh with its little riff on the can art, which I love. I love that. But but the best haze is double dry hop ghost in the machine isn't it? i mean surely there, there can't be too much of a debate about that really well that's the one that it, i picked and the one that i've just finished drinking as well which it does say in about in a in about an hour i've got a, i've got a can of it arriving i was hoping it would be here for this because i really wanted to drink it on the show but you know i'm slumming it with five inch jasper which is, it. is an all <laughs> which is all citra as well I, so. I can't help but think we're going to get an awful lot of responses to that question with that answer. Yeah. I just think it has so much going for it. It's really, when you have that conversation about what is objectively the greatest, especially when you think about, you know, Triple Hopped is a show that is very centered around haze. Mm. Doesn't get better, really. No, I I, I, I really don't think it does. I mean, when I think about, I think about the UK. And um, and you think about what would you choose if, if it was like UK only? I'd, I'd probably go fruit car site exhibition. Yeah, I would have really would. Um, I think I love, you know, my love of putty. We've just gone through that, yeah, but it's yeah. more than just the experience because I love that beer as well. But 
but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I would probably go with fruit, fruit car site exhibition. And I think about, you know, those of you that, uh, a big shout out to uh, to Mark, the uh, King of Aberdeen Park Run, because I know how much he loves it when I talk about other half. So I, I will mention <laughs> here that, you know, other half, um, double dry hop, double citra daydream is a fantastic uh, a cool curve of every yeah. time. It really, really is. That's probably my, you know, if I'm buying a core, core, repeatable other half beer, that would be the one I'd be looking for. Not Space Diamonds? No. Oh. No. I, I love Space Diamonds. Don't get me wrong. It's there. It's, you know, it's probably second. It's Galaxy though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit rough. Can be a bit rough. Well, it, well, it can be, yeah, that's the thing. You're, you're very dependent upon the quality of a Galaxy hop, which uh, um, harvest, which can be very up and down. But Citra is very consistent. And I, and I think that, you know, that's why Citra is always a go-to, that you can't mess with it because it is consistent. It? And it's just, it's, a be- it, it's, it's beautiful in terms of the qualities and it's classic. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's a crowd pleaser. You know, even the likes of Nelson, there's people that go, uh, is it a bit floral? Is it a bit herbal? Is it a bit down? You know, pe- people can feel different things, I think, from that hop. But with Citra, it's so classic. Straight down the line, it's, you know... It's not divisive. No, not at all. It's it's the ultimate crowd pleaser. And I think that that's why you will get a lot of people going, if they've had it, DDH Ghost in the Machine, because it's probably the best execution of, a, of an all-Citra beer that there is. And, and loads of breweries do them, all citra, but I can't think of one better. No, I think as well, you said this citra, it's not many like craft beer fans who drink cares if you go, I don't really like citra. It's not, there's not, yeah, many. No, 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 it's, it's, it's so not true. really one that you argue about or debate. Yeah. It's like, it's just like citrus king, yeah. everything underneath is debatable. Yeah, I think in, in terms of beers that in that category get close, there's DDH, the other Brian from Green Cheek, which is all citra, which it's, it's magnificent. Yeah, Golly, it's I'm, magnificent. At one point, I thought it might have tipped it, but then I had DDH Ghost in the Machine again and was like, okay, no, it doesn't win. But, I mean, Ghost in the Machine is about 100 IBU. It's dry as hell. It's br- That's what makes it brilliant. It's so drinkable. Mm. Like Again, yeah. as you said, it's down to execution. It's, it's fantastic. I'm loving doing this show, so I'm never going to wish the time away. But when it does arrive, I will probably crack it open because it's going to arrive cold in these uh, sort of um, arctic conditions that we're enjoying right that's it it'll arrive it'll (laughs) just arrive (laughs) chill be ready to go yes let's go to the next one Neil so what is a beer that you could or have drunk the most right okay so look let's let's start when you say could because I'm picking every word that means to say I've got a choice in it if I can get it. Correct. So which beer could I drink the most? It would be freaking DDH Ghost again. <laughs> which beer have I drunk the most? Look, it's probably a macro lager and it's probably Budvar, I've got to say. Um, you know, it, it, Budvar would be my, it would still be my my bottle of choice if I'm going to somewhere where I don't have a choice, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, coming back to what I was saying earlier, if we're talking about craft, it's 
I like to buy different cans, but there are certain beers that I will buy repeats of, repeated yeah. fruit car site exhibition. We've talked about it. But the beer I've probably drunk the most of is Steady Rolling Man because, you know, I've got family in Cheltenham. Um, I've got friends who work at Daya. And, you know, I, it's, it, it's always there. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I've always, I've always got it somewhere. Over the years, I've drunk it loads, absolutely loads. I've got to say though that recently I had the um, the steady rolling man with um, with Strata, and it was really poor. I've got really, really poor. It did. I even when I just saw what it looked like coming out of the can, I was like, "That's not my steady rolling man. No way." But um, but yeah, I do have a love for it, and I've had some really great times with friends on it over the years so it's probably that i would say i remember when i first had steady because i've had nowhere near the quantity of steady that you have but i have also noticed a change in it over the years you know i won't yeah. make a value judgment on it but i think we have the same sentiment yes. but when i first had it it was like chewing a pillow it was so fluffy it was unlike anything i'd ever had i just found it on draft at a random craft beer co. I think it was the one in Brixton, if memory serves, but I'd heard loads about it. Never managed to find Daya because this this was back in the days when you just couldn't you couldn't just buy Daya anywhere. Yeah. Well, do you and, remember when they, they just used to be nearly all silver, the cans? Yeah. And those, those early cans were absolutely amazing. They were fantastic. I think we spoke about it before, and like when they kept, there was a drop at Leeds, and like they were the biggest hype brewer in the UK because yeah. of the fact that you could, they were like the treehouse of the UK because you couldn't get their cans unless you actually went to the brewery to pick yeah. them up. And I remember there was a drop in Leeds, and there was just a, a massive queue, and the hot, you were allowed one, it was one can per person, there was five <laughs> different cans, so you could have a few, you could get one of each, and the whole lot just went in. People travelled over from like Manchester and they were like, you know, to come down from different like cities in Yorkshire and just to come for this one drop and all the cans just instantly was like gone, just gone. Um, but yeah, yeah. like you say, the old school design was the best design. This the old school silver can with the with the guy just chilling out. Yeah, the that's it with the uh, with the wide brim yeah. fedora. You know, such a good, yeah. such a good can. But I feel awesome. like everyone, we've all said the same and. I don't know. Has the quality changed, or is it the fact that we're we're drinking a lot better beer around it and steady still at that level? I've got to say that it is my opinion that the quality has changed. It, and is that, I, I is think that, I think it's like really, really obvious that the quality has changed, and it's taken a dip. And you know, and as we go through this, I want to talk about other beers where the quality has dipped as well. And I don't know whether that's because of you know, there can be a few dimensions here. There can be the, I've extended and expanded my production and therefore I'm getting used to new volumes because they haven't moved to a new place. Mm -hmm. But also we're seeing, especially in the world that we're in right now, more expensive products that are required to produce this stuff. So do you compromise on volumes and therefore you're messing with the recipe? And therefore, the quality isn't so good. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I like to think 
if you were to hop in a time machine and bring me a pint of the stuff I had back in 2019 versus the stuff that is being produced today, I'd take the Pepsi challenge with that. I, I think I could tell the difference. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. This is like the Pepsi episode, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's it. That's the, the title. Yeah, that's <laughs> the challenge. Pepsi <laughs> All right. So next question, Neil. What is a beer that you don't love as a whole, but has a single characteristic that you love? Right. Okay. So this one has got to be Smooth Beats Miami by Finback times Jay Wakefield. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so good. Uh, I love, and I truly mean coconut, right? Especially as a stout adjunct, but I just love coconut. I remember years ago, I'm really searching out. It's like there has to be an IPA with a with a with a coconut adjunct, and I remember being so disappointed by each and every one that I had. That's one of the reasons why I hate adjuncts in an IPA. Um, I love the label of that thing, right? It's oh, got yeah. that sort of Stranger Things meets Miami Vice sort of uh, cool hot pink on a dark background. It's a it's a great label. Oh, that like synth wave, 80s. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, that's it. And I love the nose of it as well. It smells freaking awesome. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's a sweet, hot mess. And I, <laughs> and I dare anyone to finish a can. And this comes back to what you were saying earlier, Charlie. You know, give me a quarter of a can. Give me a little. And it's like, yeah, that's all right. But give me a whole can. Damn, no way. When I was in the US earlier this year, when I did that East Coast beer tour, I saw a guy buying three, four packs of that beer. And I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Your teeth are going to fall out. Oh, seriously. Uh, so, so, so that's that one. Now, what beer do you don't, that you don't love as a whole, but has it got a single characteristic? It's got nothing to do with the beer. I'm going to come back to Budvar. I love, and I freaking love, a bottle of Budvar, chatting with my mates, and unbeknownst to me, in the background, just peeling the foil off with my fingers <laughs> while I'm uh, while I'm talking and drinking. I, I get I get such pleasure from that. So Budvar and the foil at the top of the bottle is another one. Love it. I love that. The characteristic <laughs> I mean... is the foil on the bottle. Amazing. <laughs> You could have picked Rothhouse. But it's it's Budvar because I can remember it. Eating spicy knickknacks and peeling peeling foil from the top of a... It it took me through university, guys, honestly. So, so yeah, I I, I love it. I love it. And and it's, you know, don't say I didn't prepare for these these questions. No, I mean, (laughs) you have prepared to an astounding degree and... Uh, again, like if you had asked me to predict that answer for you, you could have given me a million goes at guessing the beer and the rationale, and I'd have not got anywhere near it. <laughs> great stuff. That's a great answer. So, next question, Neil. No, not including the beer that you are currently drinking. What was the last beer that you drunk? Oh my god! So the, the, it's a, it's a it's a horrific list. So last night. I went out with uh, with some friends of mine in Brighton and um, we started at Unbarred officially due to, uh, you know, the other podcasts are available. Beer Fridge <laughs> Podcast, the second best brewery in the UK. But um, 
Yeah, I don't think I drank the second best beers in the UK when I was in Umbard. But <laughs> let's be honest, they were some of the highlights of, um, of my little beer tour last night. I had an absolute shocker in Bison Beer, which was a Northern Monk um, Stigbert's Garage Tropical IPA. So that's a collab, right? Yeah. 7% Eldorado, Cashmere, Mosaic, Simcoe, Columbus, Papaya, Passion Fruit, and Mango coming back to don't ever order an IPA with adjuncts. Mm. Um, so it had INSA on the... That's um, 17.02, isn't it? Yeah, 17.02. <laughs> that was one of my answers, but that was what beer did you not love as a whole but had a characteristic you love? The INSA oh, art is brilliant. That beer sucked. I'm going to tell you this. Someone might as well have just gotten me a pint of Robinson's Cordial, put it in a soda stream, made it a bit fizzy, and giving it to me in a glass. It was absolutely teeth-numbingly, gum-numbingly even, awful. It was sweet, and it was freaking terrible, and it wasn't finished. But it was not the worst beer of the night. The um, worst beer of the night was after the food, we went to a pub called The Cow, and many of the taps had finished, and the only option really was a pint of is it club, club tropicana or whatever tiny it is rebel tiny rebel which you know if that northern monk beer was cordial in a soda stream this was a bar of soap <laughs> in a soda stream with a tiny bit of juice and i'm not joking right i just could not I could not get past three sips of it. And it was one of the worst beers that I think I've ever had in my whole life. It, it can't get an answer for any other of these questions, really, because it, it was so bad. There is one beer worse than that, which I'll talk about later, but it had no redeeming features. It was truly dreadful. So, yeah, not a... Um, not a great night on the beer front, really. Yeah. When, when I'm bar juicy, is probably the best beer of the night. You know that that's been a rather bad night on the beer front. <laughs> I can Sorry. just imagine there being like a craft beer tabloid and being like, low end beery says last beer was Club Tropicana from Tiny Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> just take that one little bit and clip it. It's yeah, like, again. good <laughs> God. Really. I, I don't know what I was thinking about. I should have just had a bud fire. They had one in there. What was I oh, thinking about? Why the, would I have peeled the it? foil off? I know. I know. The, uh, the sugar I mean, from the Northern Monk must have gone to your head. That, that's it. <laughs> that's the problem, right? That's the problem. So, yeah, it, it was just truly dreadful, guys. Seriously, I don't know what I was thinking about. I'm embarrassed to even mention it. Really, what I want to say is, you know, I'm not in a beer since last Sunday where I had this fiving stout, but... To be honest with you, that wasn't great either. That wasn't great either. So, um, so yeah, been a bit unlucky. So let's talk about this fight. This is Jasper, because that's great and quick. Let's uh, let's get on to the next question, maybe. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll save you from your 
Tiny Rebel talking sound. Oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe I've mentioned it on the show. So, what is the best beer that you never want to drink again? Hang on a sec, because I need to get my answers. My phone has just uh, disappeared a second. So, let me uh, let me just get that for you guys. So, the... Yeah, okay. So, before we do, the worst beer that I never want to drink again, even worse than that tiny rebel last night. I've got to go back to Ballast Point. So I did a bottle share in 2017 and there were some guys from the US and what we said was like, bring bring some haze, bring a West Coast, bring a sour and bring a stout. And, you know, and what we'll do yeah, in the... Typical Neil since the 90s play them off each other. We'll, uh, we'll derive what the best is. And this, this one guy from Connecticut bought a bottle of Ballast Point. But it wasn't just any old Ballast Point. It was the worst freaking Ballast Point that I've ever had. It was a 7% stout with coconut, kefir lime, cayenne pepper, cumin, and Madras curry spice. I'm so um, out. Oh my god! It was. I'm. I'm not joking. It was absolutely freaking awful. It sounds like they've put that together through a random ingredient generator. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god! It was. It was shockingly bad. It still gets laughed about now, five years later, as like the worst. Have you have you have you managed to find that on Untapped anywhere, right? Have you even bothered no. looking for it? I was like, no, I can't see anything like that. Just just do ballast point curry stout and see if you can find. You might find, you know, if you just put that into uh, into Google and see if you it can comes find. Up, mate, if you put curry stout into Untapped, it's a top one. <laughs> it's called oh. Indra Kuan. That's Kuan. it. That's the Indra- one. Indra Q and Nidra, it's called. Yeah. What's the rating on it? I've, I've got to know. Surely it's 3.51. It's too high. It sounds way too high. It's, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's one of those, it's almost like you've got to try it for the experience to truly understand how bad it is. And I can't even think, if I, if I, went, to a, if I went to an Indian, would I want that? No. no. I mean, no. Why? Why would I? I mean, why would you want a liquid version of what you've got solid on your plate? Well, exactly. The the, the beer is pointless. You know. Yeah, it serves no purpose. I mean, the only thing I can imagine it having a purpose for is if you could, if all you had in the house was plain rice, and you're like, I need something (laughs) to make this exciting. You just drink that alongside, maybe. But well, do what you do, Charlie, and save like a third of the bottle for the morning. With yeah. some cold rice and pour it over it and have it for breakfast. I'm not even sure I'd stoop that low, Neil, if I'm really honest. Someone that might be beyond me. The second oh. to last rate, someone gave it a five and that was on the 11th of November. You, you, you are absolutely <laughs> just... What is their username? Oh, for a dare. <laughs> really, it is that bad. Right, I, I, want to know if, I, I do want to know if anyone has ever had that and, and to please share your thoughts. <laughs> in feedback on this show, because I can't be the only one that's ever lived the dream with that. I mean, looking at, so when you look at things like that on Untapped, do you ever look at the user and see what else they've rated five? No. 
No, oh, but that's, see, what, I do this that's quite worth a, lot. a look, actually. That yeah. is that is worth a look. <laughs> I, sure. I do I do, do that because I'm like, you know, if there's a beer that I have a certain opinion on and someone else, you know, if I really love something and someone else hates it, I look at their profile, see what else they've rated five and think, yeah, I don't trust your palate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I've, I've, I've twisted, I've, t- I've twisted the question. So the best beer that I never want to have again, I'm going to come back to a, uh, a Ryan answer when he did this, which is, a beer that is so damn good that I don't want to ruin the memory of it because it was so good that I, I just failed to see how it could be better. Best beer that I've had all year uh, from a haze perspective, by a distance, and I rated it five. I know it, what this is going to be. It's Hollow Worlds Will Burn. Of course. It's Biden's by, and, uh, with a Brujos collaboration from, uh, from great... Well, it's the guy from Great Notion, isn't it? He? He's set up his own little thing, Brujos, as well. And, um, yeah, it was for the um, the Fiden's birthday release, and it's the best. It is the best haze possibly I've ever had. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And my thoughts aren't alone either. Uh, when Carl got me the can, he was like, this is absolutely incredible. And then I know other people that have had it that have gone like, whoa, that is amazing. You had it, right, John? John? Yeah, so I've been, I would say, yeah, I've, I've been very outspoken in my general hatred for tippers, mainly conceptually, not just because of their execution. I gave that beer a 4.8, so... Yeah, you yeah, it. Yeah, it lasted, yeah, I... It's going to sound very sad, but I did time how long it lasted in the glass and its lifespan was a total of 12 minutes. I just couldn't stop drinking it. It's amazing. Couldn't. Yeah, it's stunning. Amazing. And, you know, with that um, that sort of combination with the peach on and the ne- nectar on hops with, with the citra, it just, yeah. it's wonderful. It was great. You know, I'm going to quote Matt, who uh, you've got to do one with Matt because he's great. It had so much juice. I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have like a no like a no context Matt account would be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt will always be remembered of the year of the tipper comment, right? But it had so much juice, I didn't know what to do with myself. Is the best comment ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no beating that. It's like, you know, and it's talking about people's catchphrases and comments. I mean, you know, you're your slingers as well, the juice Sean. slingers. No, the juice slingers is, you know, that has been adopted by many. Yeah, it's part, yours, right? It's, yeah, part of the lexicon now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just yeah. is taken on a life of its own. <laughs> Lately, next one. I've actually lost track. This is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is yours now. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Which beer could you have made and why? Well, I tell you what, so, so my answer is going to be a bit different to everyone else's because, you know, the way that you've pitched this question to others is, which beer could you have made because it, you, you know, it has all the characteristics of the things that you love, so it was, like, made for you. But the way I'm going to answer it, which beer could you have made and why is an easy one. Because it's the freaking collaboration with Arundel where they contacted us and said, let's do a co- collaboration. 
we sort of agreed on what the recipe would be in terms of the hops and, uh, you know, the style, etc. And then they freaking went on and brewed it without even inviting us to go there. So mm. I feel as though it's got a name on it, but we had nothing to do with it. You know, the, the North collaboration, which I hope to see a return of in 2023, but with a different hop combo, um, you know, that was different, right? We were there, we were engaged through the whole process. We were there on brew day, you know, how 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 helpful we were. I don't know, especially with the hangover that I had after the bottle share the night before with the guys, but we were involved. But the Arundel one, the oat cream dipper was disappointing to not have been involved. So which beer could we have made and why, or I have made and why, was that one. But in an alternative universe where I grew up, you know, talking about my, um, my dad's dad earlier, in, in our family over the years, we had a uh, fruit and vegetable farm. And that's what, you know, even until my dad, when he retired, that had been in the family for, for some generations, right? And um, on the other side of the road, because it was on two sides of a main road, we had a big barn. Big, not huge, but big. And when my dad retired and was selling the lot, I really wanted to buy that barn and part of the land and set it up for a brewery. And my, my dad is called Lee, and the farm was called Leland's. And so I had the thing, I had the Leland's Brewery. I had the hand-drawn logo of the, of the farm shop as the, as the logo of this thing. And I was thinking about, it's on a classy white background and it's got different colors around the label, you know, very much like say Fox Farm, if you know what mm -hmm. their labels look like. Yeah, That's that sort of thing, you know, different colors for different hops. I was there, but I'd never had the money anywhere near to be able to do it. But in my dream, and I still think about it now, the Leland's, Leland's dippers, and I and I look at these Fidens labels and I think, you know what my dream was is still not a million miles away from what that looks like before mm. that even came out. But which beer could I have made? A whole host of them. This <laughs> brewery that never, ever existed. <laughs> so, yeah, so a slight different take on your question there. I mean, you sold us a dream there. You, you took me yeah. on a journey with that one. I, 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 I can see it. I can see it in yeah. my head. I would have loved it. I really would. No, I mean, no, no hope of uh, reviving that dream one day. I don't know. I'll tell you what, I need, I need some money. I'll tell you that. Those three kids of mine bleeding me freaking dry. <laughs> <laughs> that and all the DDH goes to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, quite. Yeah, no. those, those, those little £14.25 per can drops don't help either, do they? No, they don't. Right. Yeah. So, what is a beer that you've said that you've liked to impress people? So this one's really difficult because I always call things as I see it, right? I mean, on my Instagram, I'm, I'm no stranger to a drain pour or a, uh, or a scathing mark. And on Triple Hopped as well, I've always been um, really, really honest, you know, calling mm. things out mm. as not liking them. But 
Yeah, so it's difficult to find an example, but there is one, right? When a, a, a very good beery friend of mine, perhaps not a million miles away from where we're sat right now, well, you know, virtually anyway, sent me a bottle of Elusive's The Wasteland Bourbon BA. <laughs> <laughs> it's an 11.5% bottle yeah. stout. Um, half the brew was aged in two brands of bourbon barrels, one Tennessee and one Kentucky for seven months. And it was a decadent, a decadent and boozy treat, apparently. But I didn't really find it as much of a treat as maybe I was hoping to. But I did say that I enjoyed it a lot more than I did. But yeah. that was really, so, <laughs> not really impressing loads of people, but just maybe one. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've spoken about elusive enough. I think most people were twigged. But yeah, no, that, that is fair. I, interestingly, I did have my remaining bottle of that recently. And it did not hold up to the memory that I had of it. Yeah. In any way, shape or form. I think it's just, you know, sometimes it's the mood that you're in, the people that you're with, whatever, there's a perfect uh, yeah. time mm. and place, which, you know, sort of extends the, uh, the enjoyment of it. I think, in fairness, I think I sold it to you on the clarity of the bourbon character. And I do think that it is, you know, the, the actual bourbon note that you pick up from it is really distinct but unfortunately the beer on which that bourbon character rides wasn't quite so good yeah <laughs> when i <laughs> tried it with my 2022 palette yeah uh, fair enough shots fired though you know no but don't, please don't take <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough that's a good answer so they've got the northern not one so, what's a beer that's mad that you haven't had? Well, look, there's, there's two, right? Because I go chasing these things big time. Two classics that I've never had. Side Project, Beer Barrel Time. I've never had it. I've got, I've, I've got to get myself a tasting of that beer. I've just never had it. And the other one is King, Triple J, Ulius, Triple S. And, um, you know, I've, I've never had it. Do I, you see, the thing is with, with beer barrel time, I know that that is going to absolutely wow me. King Julius, I don't think will wow me, but I need to have it because I've never had it. Yeah. I've always just been imagine. unlucky with it. Sorry, man. And that's just fine. I understand. Just imagine if you had a friend who had two bottles of that, you know, we've <laughs> my also <laughs> Yeah, who's, who's also trying to set up a share with you next year, Neil? Yes. I, I mean, I really, really want to try that. That's, that. that is the one, more than any, that I want to try. Okay, noted. But also, also noted your answer about, answer about the uh, bottle of Elusive that I sent Yeah, you. well, I, 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 <laughs> you know, when I saw that second bottle that you had, I did think, do I change my answer? But, you know, coming back to just how honest I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to. I, I had to call it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if for nothing else, this will be very funny for the listener. Yeah. But, I mean, on, on the King 
Triple J Ulius, which I think is my favourite way I've ever heard that said. <laughs> With what you've had, you know, what you've said is objectively the greatest beer ever, which is DDH Ghost. I would approach that one with tempered expectations. Yes. I had one recently yeah, exactly. and I did enjoy it. Absolutely. It's not a showstopper for me, personally. Yes. Yeah, I've had some treehouse beers this year that have absolutely blown me away. Those, oh, uh, those Project Find the Limit. Yeah, those Find the Limit beers. Was it 11 or 12? One of those two we both I've, absolutely loved. 10, 11, and 12, I thought, were yeah. all incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, and, and you know, things like the the uh, the juice machine as well. I mean, that, that's, a, that's wonderful beer. Yeah, and all of its derivations as well. They never let you down, ever. Their, their, um, their 10th birthday one, because I, I was very lucky when I went there. And I've talked before about that place being the Disneyland for, for adults. Yeah. like beer. It's just amazing. I had a fantastic suite of releases when I was there. and But that had kicked a couple of days before I got there. But, but I'm under no illusion that it would be the best beer of the batch that I bought because I don't think it would be. Yeah. But, it, but it's just one of those, you've got to have it. I mean, I but buy you, it. You've got to have it. I buy it when I see it for little more than the can art. Because the can art on that is truly stunning. It is. That metallic black and gold and silver, like the intricate kind of filigree on it. it yeah, it's lovely to look at. Yeah, oh, it's a beaut. Yeah, and yeah, I always yeah. appreciate a good can. I had the, before I had DDH Ghost, I had the Emperor version earlier. Emperor yeah, I've had the Emperor version. I thought it was good. And, and yeah, they do really look very similar in the glass, don't they? Because they're more, they're, they're orangey rather than yeah, red. Yeah, than, yeah. Than, than, like than, yeah. For my mm. money, Juju ju- ju- Julius is the best in that range. The seven, I think it's seven percent, roughly. Yeah. But again, yeah. I've had that and I thought it was great. But I love just the the straight up one as well. Oh yeah, and that, that was one that I've fiended over getting, and it was and it was just awesome, and it continues to be, and and it, you know just that one percent or whatever less means very little. It's got bags yeah. of flavour, isn't it? Great body. Does the job. Yeah. Nice. So the final question in our question series, before we go on to what we've enjoyed throughout November, if you had a time capsule, what beer would you send to the future to sum up the current beer scene? Are we talking like 2022? Yeah. In the UK? If we can, if we can keep it to the UK. Yeah. So... I think it's been a pretty disappointing year in comparison to 21 and certainly 2020. Mm. Um, I just don't think it's been as good. So an obvious example would be to send in the 2022 version of Cloudwater's 12 Yellow Legs or Fire in the Binds, which are poor shadows of their previous incarnations, in my Mm. opinion. Um, I think Stoutzilla is another one that you could send in there because, you know, that beer is rated as one of the best in the world. Do me a favour. It's it's not. So, you know, that, that again is a good example of one you could send in, which is, you know, well, it's not been the best year. It's, it's, it's all right, but it's nothing better than that. Mm. 
Um, you could send in Vault City, any of them, because they're, again, just like very average. I want to know what happened to what Vault City. I remember doing a, getting the, some of their very first bottles and me thinking, this is, this is quality here. You know what I mean? This is, how did they go from that to where they are now? I just don't understand. I guess scale? Maybe. But I, yeah. I, I don't know whatever happened there. But, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a few choices. But I'm going to go with Cloudwater 12 Yellow Legs because the 2020 version, you know, for an all Simcoe beer was absolutely magnificent. Mm. I, can, I can remember us talking about just how damn good that beer was. Yeah. And this version, it had lost the fluffiness. It had amped up the syrupiness. It was a bit sickly sweet. It was like a damn poor Northern Monk beer, and I I don't know what the hell what the hell happened there. And I hope to God they do not do the same release that New Zealand all you know all New Zealand hot tipper with the navy blue can that when we did the best of the year back in 2020, oh, yeah. won it by a distance in a in a field of wonderful beers throughout the year. That was an incredibly strong, strong year. They better not ever bring that out and mess it up again. And that comes back to that point earlier, which is I don't want to see that Fidens again, and I don't want to see that beer again because they need to do it well or they need to leave it alone. So that's um, that's it. That's it in terms of um, my answers. I mean, don't don't sit on the fence, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's fantastic. I haven't had that. I haven't had any version of 12 Yellow Legs since the first one. And again, <laughs> even then I didn't love tippers, but it, it was very good. I intended yeah. to drink half the can and either palm the rest off on someone else or pour it because I was like, I, I just don't need to drink an entire 10% beer right now, but it got yeah. finished. Yeah. Hastily. Yeah. It was great. I mean, that was when they were in their absolute role of like that Vanessa Atlanta and there was some more as well. You know, there, there were like four or five of them, weren't there? Maybe even more than that. And every single one of them was world-class. And, 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 and I remember the conversations, was, why am I paying at the point? like 12, 13 pounds for a US beer when I can get one of these cloud wars because they're magnificent. But that quality is dipped. The cloud, was, dipped. the cloud wall was Be Well Friends, right? Yeah. Be Well Friends. Yeah, Be Well Friends. Amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. I Neil's Instagram profile and scroll down to, to yeah. find it. And I was like, I know it's on there somewhere. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not, not too hard, though. It doesn't post anymore. I know, but if yeah, you look at like... If you, if you look at what you posted on that that nine in 2020, it is insane. It was be well friends, and then the seed which cannot be sown as well. Oh, that was brilliant. That was Simcoe, wasn't it? That was amazing. That was amazing. Was it? Was it? It was the seed that can't be sown. Yeah, Simcoe. that that was the yeah. Simcoe one. Yeah, all right, fair enough, fair enough. But they were both they were both great, right? They were both great. Stunning. Yeah. Well, the seed that cannot be sown also got rebrewed this year, and that was another major disappointment as well. So. Uh, you know, it's not the only one. Yeah, go on, Ryan. What else is in there? Um, I don't know if you can remember. There was so five cloud water cans, three track, and a north can. Wow, 
Then the north one has got to be our tipper, right? Was, then there was two uh, M MCI, um, Persistence is Utile, and the tracks were, if not now, meet me in the middle and weight of the planets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that first meet me in the middle was stunning. Oh, it, was it really it was it really, really was. It was the business, wasn't it? It was so damn good. Yeah, that's the so only good. one that I've enjoyed. The um, the Meet Me in the Middle is the only one of that series that I've enjoyed. And even when they rebrewed it and I tried it, it was like, I don't like this. So I had a can of that original Weight of the Planets, and I found it in the back of my fridge about a month ago, and I tried yeah. it. So that is that was from late 2020, so that's two years old. It it held up. I don't know how. I, I guess it's fridge storage, like cold storage over time. But yeah. it wasn't the beer that it was in 2020, but it, it didn't taste out of place. Mm. Really bizarre. But what we're going to do now is we're going to talk a little bit more about some of our recent beery highlights. This is going to be a bit of a longer episode than normal, as I've guessed the listeners have twigged by now <laughs> You know, it's, fifty it's plus minutes never, in, but it's because I never shut up, and there's too many avenues to go. We're, we've covered a lot of ground so far. But I think what we'll do, we'll, we'll have maybe two or three beery highlights each. Yeah. You know, Neil, as as founder of Triple Hopton, our honorary guest for this evening, take the first crack. Give us a well, beery highlight from November. It, it, it's got to be Beak songs. Um, the one with the uh, two blue dancing bunnies on it. It's just a 6.5. I got it sort of a couple of days old. I popped it. The smell was amazing. I mean, to start with, for a beer to be amazing for me, it's got to have a great nose. And it had a wonderful nose. And it had a, you know, I've talked about that cloud water, 12 yellow legs. This at 6.5%. had more body than that, than that tipper, which is nuts, right? Yeah. Um, it was fluffy. It was fresh as hell. It was everything that I would want from a dipper in a 6.5% can. It's one of the best beers that I've had this year. I think that if we talk about breweries and the years that they've had, the only ones that can say, I am better than I was last year, in yeah. my opinion, of the big ones, right? I mean, the smaller ones are going to go. But the, the names, you know, the top 10 names we all know about, in my opinion, there's only three that are on the up. And it's Beak and it's Overtone and Verdant have killed it. Yeah. Everybody else has not had a better year than they've had previous years. That is the best Beak that I can think of. And, and I've had some, some really great Beaks because in the same batch there was a, there was a wonderful pale as well, which was just absolute class, which I will um, stumble upon in a minute if you'll just uh, if you just um, humour me. Um, Snoop, four point eight percent. That was wonderful as well. Mm. But um, but yeah, that that songs that was something else. And um, I did speak to the guys about it. A beak, and they were particularly proud of that one as well. It's, and they've got a right to. That's I mean, amazing. They had a run of killers, didn't they? They did per. There was another one that came out around that time, was, and then uh, mm. locals is always great. Yeah, locals is good. Really, locals really. is really good. But if you, I mean, look, it, it'll have 
you know, nearly a month on it now, but I would say, you know, if you can get that one still, mm. that was something else. Really, really good. So do we want to do like one each and go in a Yeah, I think, yeah? I think that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll be yeah. democratic about it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going to go completely opposite end of the spectrum here. And mine's a supermarket beer. Wow, oh, okay. And this is from Vocation. And I know that Charlie doesn't like mint, and I'm not a fan of mint. So Vocation... Don't, don't do it to me, Ryan. They have a four-pound barrel-aged stout in Tesco. And for four-pound, you have to shake your head. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Four pound. I don't know how they have managed to barrelage something and it tastes that good a barrel for four quid. I don't like after eights, and I don't think it's overpowering the mint. I didn't find it like that. I bought it. I was like, I was intrigued. I was like, in I was in there shopping. And I was like, I always have a little look down the aisle. It's always just to, to get away. I just have a little look down the aisle, and I saw it, and I was like, I'm just gonna buy a bottle for four pound. Got up next night, opened it up, and I was just like, that's silly. Like, how have they pulled that off for £4? It's got more of like a mint ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream taste for me. I don't find the mint really overpowering. The barrel is, goes really well with it. And I think they're like, yeah, I just think it was worth a risk. It was a gamble that, that paid off £4. Even if it was there, if I go again and it's there, I will pick another bottle up just to have in the cupboard. Like, it was, it was good, great beer. Mate, I've got to say that when I, when I saw it and I saw the price of it and where you could get it from, I made three trips to Tesco Extra um, to get it. And I finally managed to get it. I've got it in the fridge now. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about trying it. I had a modern, when I was in the US a few weeks ago, I had this modern time soft serve ice cream mint um, stand. And it was pretty bad. I've got yeah. yeah, get your toothpaste out of my fucking stout. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm having this. You see, I, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of it, though. I do. I've got to have it. I just, yeah, I don't know. I like, I have a kind of morbid curiosity about it, but at the same time, I've never liked anything chocolate mint in my life. Why do I think this is going to convert me? Well, that's fair. Well, you know, I mean, it's just not going to, is it? But no. I do. I love a chocolate mint. And so, I, you know, I, I'm excited about trying it. I'm, I'm all on it. It was just the curiosity that got me, and I was like, it, "And when it, if it would have just been a normal mint stout at four pound, would I have picked it up? Probably not. And if it had been yeah. in a can, probably not at all. But the fact it was in a bottle and it was like barrelaged, I was like, what have I got to lose? Four quid. I've, I've spent more on worse stuff than for, so. I was like, I'm going to get it. I tried it. It's a little three seven five bottle. Yeah, yeah fair, play to you. fair play. It's yeah." I'm looking forward to trying it. I really am. Yeah. I'm looking forward to you know, like what you think of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will. Uh, I will. Well, you know. I mean, you say that, Ryan. He's going to be really polite to you on Instagram, and then when you get another <laughs> triple hot episode, he's going to no, absolutely slam I it. Can, then, he'll, then he'll drop it when he's invited back to this show, yeah. if he's ever invited back to the show. I, I just think that, like, <laughs> if, if the bottle had cost me twelve quid, and I'd been like, uh, but the fact that if you wait up with price versus the the quality versus the price, then you're like, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So let's we'll see what you think. So on to you, Charlie. Oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go really highbrow. I'm gonna talk about some basket vinegar. 
So I was lucky enough to spend a few days in Brussels in the middle of November. And in three days, we did three, dri- three trips to Cantillon, plus we did Moda Lambic, plus we did Drafontainen, we did Barbater. And the day before we got to Cantillon, they put something on the board called T42, which was a single barrel four-year Lambic which means that there are only 400 bo- no 300 bottles of it in existence. We managed to get through five in three days, which means I've consumed just under 2% of the world's total quantity of T42. Wow. It, it was stunning. It was almost uncarbonated, which sounds really strange, but it took you in so many different directions. It was, you know, it had a good amount of acid without being acetic. It had a fair amount of barnyard and a fair amount of funk having spent four years in a barrel, but it had some kind of like spirit barrel, not, not getting into whiskey, but some kind of miscellaneous spirit character that almost went in a licorice direction. It was so complex. Like you could spend hours unpacking it. I think probably why I'm reflecting on it so positively is the fact that it's so rare. It's probably never going to make it out of the brewery, you know, that it won't go on public sale. And we were just there at the right place at the right time. It's stunning stuff. Really stunning. I wish they did more of that, actually, the single barrel ones. It was wow. incredible. And T, the name T42 refers to the brewing season. And many people explained this to me while I was in Brussels. Uh, many different people, actually, on several occasions. And I was far too pickled on any single one of those occasions to remember it correctly. Do you remember what the 40, what was significant about the 42? Oh, no, I do remember. So now, so T is the brewing season, 42 is the barrel. Okay. So, well, so the, that's where you locate it down in the, uh, the matrix. Yeah, so the, the T brewing season was four years ago. Yeah. So we're now on, I don't know, four-year alphabet, you know, four, four years on from T. And 42 was just the number of the barrel. But they liked it so much on its own that it made it into bottling, which is quite rare. Wow. Yeah, great beer. Impressive. So, Neil, we're going to go back to you now. Right. So, the next one, and I was I was delighted to see some on the, these shores in Northern Monk recently, this particular beer, which mm. I covered for a little while, and I needed to uh, sort of uh, drown... Sorrows on before you say this one, yeah. is this by any chance from Greeley, Colorado? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. So I needed to drown my sorrows after England's uh, you know, narrow defeat against the French. Um, so I cracked open um, from Greeley, Colorado, well yeah. worked, media noche, coconut and coffee. Um, I've got lots of Different one. I'm very lucky to uh, to have a connect in uh, in Greeley. So I, I get nearly all of them, and I love them. I mean, the thing is about these median arches, they are so thick. They are ridiculously thick. They glug out of the bottle. They're of a viscosity that you know is is almost unsurpassed. They're that thick. And this yeah. one, you know, I'd say was so it was quite. It had barrel character. All of them are barrel aged. It had less barrel barrel character than some. 
but what it made up for in lack of barrel character was just pure drinkability. I would say that, you know, I love coconut. I've talked about it already on the show. It was big on the coconut flavor, mm. nicely backed up by coffee. It was a beautiful balance with, you know, maybe sort of 10, 10% of the flavor being made up from the barrel, but sort of 60 on the coconut, which I love anyway. Not quite as good as Starry Noche, which is like that. That is there. That's the media Noche to for all media Noches, yeah. right? You're only going to get one. Get the Starry. Yeah. But this was pretty damn good. I've got it. Really was pretty damn good. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, Starry Noche is a silly beer, but just touching on the general viscosity of those Worldworks beers. I haven't proven this, but I think if you wanted to make a Spider-Man film on minimal budget, instead of CGI, dunk your hands in media notch and I reckon you could climb a wall. It is so <laughs> sticky. The mess it leaves on your glass. Oh, yeah. It's, it, if you it, don't it, wash your glass right instantly, off. you've got to throw the glass away. Yeah, it's, it, it can be a write-off. And the, the beautiful sort of labelled, uh, gold-labelled glass is a, yeah. is a thing. Right? Thank a, you very a, much for mine, by the way. All good, my friend. I'll tell you how much I love it in your DMs. Talk to Ryan about how much I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm looking for people, you know, listening to the show that managed to get a bottle of this or a pour of it from uh, from Northern Monk. Let us know what you think. Was it too thick? Did you get loads of barrel character? Do you love coconut as much as I do? You know what I mean? (laughs) Those things. I I was in Leeds twice last weekend. And, and I just didn't make it to another one. How did you not? One was, one, was, one was a works party with a, basically a free-for-all, and the other one was on my way back from Sheffield, where we missed our train, got back into Leeds, and it was a, I had to get back for the England game. So mm. I didn't go. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I'll message, I'll message my then and see if they've got any left, but I imagine they might have gone. Uh, not, I, 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 I would so. imagine that they might have gone. And they were at a good price as well, at 42. Yeah, bear in mind, with the exchange rate being absolutely shite, these things are $30 anyway. Yeah. Right? They're, they're not they're, making much on that. No, so they're not that you know, they're, they're not they're not that much short once you add in the sales tax as well on 30 quid. Because well, you know, for those of you that you know don't know, when you buy something in the US, the price you get, the price you see, they're then adding sales tax to that. So mm. it's never the price that you see it for. So you know, you take the exchange rate, that's 30 quid, then they've got to get it over here. As you say, Charlie, it's a really good price. They're not making a lot on it. So anyway, Ryan, I'm gonna when we do this bowl share. That's what I'm bringing. They've they've just got um, end of year. They've done a blend of all of their coconut media notches through the year, including Starry Notche. And they've released that. I bought two bottles of it, one for me and one for this share that we will get around to having. So that's that. I'll be bringing that. Have you got any any Starries in? Yeah, I've got, I had the summer one. I've got the end of year one in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got both. I've heard this, the summer one is the one out of the two. Mm. If, if untapped ratings are, be, are to be believed, the summer starry is the starry of 2020. I, I, I gave the um, the summer one five. Yeah, yeah, I, I just thought perfect. it was magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. 
And have you got the ZZZ one? Yeah, the Forager Collab. Yeah. Not shares. I wasn't able to get that. We'll talk about that one another time because everyone's yeah, going to yeah. go, "What the hell are you talking about?" But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in uh, in talking more about that offline. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. What's your next berry highlight? So I do have quite a few, but I'm gonna I was gonna stick to stouts, but I'm gonna go to wild. Um, and it's a beer called Bramble by Balance Brewing. Oh, Balance, yeah. So this is their third release. It's a pure blackberry wild ale. No, but I don't balance are quite new to the scene, based out of Manchester. Um, yet with all these kind of like new wild breweries that do pop up, always intrigued to try them out. And after just having to get my hands on this bramble, you know, like I say, blackberry, just really, really, really good. Like what you kind of expect from like an English kind of wild beer, you know. The blackberry was just nice and subtle, nice levels of carb going on, a little bit of funk in the background. Just one of those, like, I kind of regret having it now. I think, like, in the summer, it would have been perfect in the summer, but it's one of those things that we always talk about with beer, isn't it? I think it kind of affects maybe your taste, the seasons that you're in. It's like, mm. last night I had a, a raw brewing beer, which was a strawberry, daiquiri, banana, daiquiri combined, and it was good. But then I was like, would I enjoy this more if I'd have been sat around a pool in red-hot temperatures? And I was like, yeah. And I think it was the same mm. with this, the balanced beer, I'm doing it wrong. Was brilliant, but I reckon like I would have enjoyed it more sat outside in the sun. I think it was just like it was at the front of the bottles, and I couldn't bother searching. And I fancied a bottle of wild, and it was just there. I was like, I'm just going to open this just to get involved and see what the what the fuss is about. Balance, and after that one, yeah, I would buy the next releases. I'd probably look out and buy some more. So, in terms of the to again to borrow a term from Mont Couture, the power ranking of UK wild beer producers. Where would you put balance in that hierarchy? It's difficult to rate after one beer, but on the one beer alone, I would have them. You'd be up there higher off that one. It'd be interesting to have a few more. Um, it's something like we all know like Mills are probably the. I mean, it's a de- debatable, but Mills are probably leading the way out of them right now. I mean, Mills and Burning, I think Burning Sky have such a strong fan base. I think you, they kind of have to be in contention for that top spot. Same with Mills, though. Mills, when yeah. you couldn't buy Mills, you know, they were kind of impossible to get hold of. They built their own hype. And now you can buy them direct. You just don't, there's not, I think the hype died down a lot with Mills because when they became so accessible, as a lot, as everything does, when the demand is, easy to get the, the hype dies and um I've, I've got still got a load of mills and i love mills beers mm. don't get me wrong but I, I don't know i can't really rate bonds until i have a few more but That's off the bad. back of one they'd be up there but you know i think they'll be a dark horse for a bit they'll be able to, i think they'll have a big year in 2023 i hope they do yeah i think they're I mean, a big a, one about mills they still sell out they released yeah, yeah, last friday sold out yeah. within 10 minutes or so everything no, I'm I'm glad yeah. for them. I, I think they make some really quality stuff. They take some risks. Their output, I think, is variable, but that's just because they try and push boundaries and make different styles and do things that others aren't doing. They don't just play straight down the middle. Yeah, and just on like, and just on a side note, of one that I, I know it was in November, one that had I've had one this weekend and one the other night, and a, and beer, a brewery that I do think will be big next year is a brewery called Shiny Brewery. Not the best name in the world, but. These are out of Derby, uh, and I'd heard a lot of things about them, and I'd done a bit of reading, and I was in Sheffield on Saturday, and I picked up a couple of cans. They were really, really good, and I had another one this week. 
Um, it had Sabra in it. But the Sabra, they've done something different. Like, usually when you have Sabra, it, for me, it overpowers everything. Like, you can get the... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's there, and you know it's there. Where they've used it as more like a balancing hop. So Interesting. To just get the sweetness out of it. So there was no like massive amounts of coconut or pineapple it was more just like the citric side of the hop i was like that's really clever what they've done there it wasn't and it i mean i don't know how it works in the brewery world but when they list the hops and i guess it's the order of how many they put in i don't know i think that's how people read it and they go oh it's citrus sabra so it's gonna be it's gonna be sabra heavy it wasn't but yeah i mean there'll be some more we'll probably talk about next year but i think they could have a big year in 2023 but yeah just a little shout out for them that's that's a really interesting insight into your mind because if i saw something that said citra sabra i just think oh that's alphabetical yeah i never see it like that. i always see it as in the volume as part of the yeah. so yeah. do i so do i that's fair so have you got have you guys had um anything from phantom brewing yeah yeah in reading yeah what are they like yeah, yeah. Yeah. um okay so I have a lot of love for Phantom because they are one of the closest breweries to me. Their tap room is incredible, really incredible. It looks it. My my friend recently Brilliant. went that it was an awesome space. But he he came away very positive about their beer as well. I love some of their beers to drink in at the tap room. I've had I've had some of them in cats. So one of their core pails, Ryan, we've spoken about this on the show a few times, a beer called Feeling This, which is yep. themed after a Blink-182 album cover. They did a double version of that called Double Feeling This. I was there, I was at the tap room with Rob of This Is, or This Week in Craft Beer fame. And it was just after they'd released it. The owner gave us an unlabeled can of it to try. And that was fantastic. Like that was the best canned beer I've had from them. I, I don't think their beer travels that well in Cannes, personally, but I love what they have at the tap room. Some of their, you know, their pails, their stuff in the 5 to 7% range is great. Their fruited sours are also really good. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's all on tap. It's in keg. It's while you're at the brewery. The atmosphere plays a part, the people you're with, et cetera. It, it, it all adds up. Yeah. Worth a visit is what I'd say. Thanks for that. Duly noted, I guess. Mm. No, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make a point of getting there at some point. Well, when you do, let me know because it's a spitting distance from me. Will do. So my my final highlight before we wrap up, it's a boxcar beer. We've spoken about our love for boxcar. Well, my love for boxcar specifically a few times. It was a DDH pale called Solar Flare, and it looked like Tropicana. The taste wasn't far off, but with a distinctly dank note to it. You know, we had a beer connoisseur on a few weeks ago and he espoused his love for the boxcar pails, saying that he thinks they do the best DDH pails in the country. And I think based on solar flare, that judgment isn't far off. It's really, really good. I love their stuff. I also love their branding, which helps. Yeah, very Not good. Not quite so sure on the uh, the crypto based society that they're trying to build that was a bit mm. of a curveball you're not wrong that would frighten me a little bit that 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 doesn't entice me and that puts me off it's it's very strange but i love their beers anyway yeah me, me too me too i think they're great excellent oh neil neil, 
for the listener, Neil is showing me, I think, a label of Space Ghost, which is the yes. parish collab. I, I've, I've just got to give it a mention before we okay. go. Because go I've been in um, I've been in New York a few weeks ago. Yep. And um, you know, I, I talked earlier about three three British breweries that have had a better year this year than previous years. I think that you know, other half have had a really strong year. Um, after one or two where maybe it wasn't quite so good. I think yeah. they come, come back strong and punch in in 22. And that Space Ghost collab with um, with Parrish, the riff on Space Diamonds and, uh, and Ghost in the Machine, um, which is a rebrew, but this one is triple dry hopped rather than double. And yeah. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Really. Really? I'm lucky enough to have two cans of that sitting out in the garage. Mm. And I, that's why, yeah, <laughs> mate, yeah, borderline freezing. Yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> for anyone who didn't see my Instagram story, I had to bring all of my beer in from the garage a couple of nights ago because the inside temperature was touching minus 4.5, according to my infrared thermometer. And I thought, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not risking beer. In it, this. It's not worth the risk of the no. pot, but no, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. That's one of the beers that I'm most excited to try at Christmas. I think. Yeah, uh, that was really really special. Fantastic, amazing. Well, Neil, we've um, we've taken up quite a lot of your time this evening. Thank you so much for coming on. I, 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 hope, I hope the listeners enjoy it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. That was really good, mate. It was great to have you back on. And oh, man, I, I've loved it. I really appreciate you having me on. I, yeah. I really do. And, um, you know, I do miss it. And uh, it, it's great to be My back. one hope from this evening was that we that you would get the bug again. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> Incredible. Well, really. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. Really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Let us know. Let us know what you think of the format of Neil's answers of our highlights from November. Anything we've missed that you want to hear us cover. And until next time, take care. Thanks a lot. See you later. <laughs>